This is the 23rd Psalm. This was written at the end of David's life when he was reflecting back on his relationship with the Lord. And if you stop and take a look at some of the way he phrases this, it's not written out of theory or written out of things he'd like to see. These are written out of issues where God delivered him out of each one of these unique ways and he was finding a way to phrase it as a shepherd. And I think as we go through here today, I think you'll enjoy this. The Lord is my shepherd. The interesting thing and the thing I, I find about this all the time is he doesn't say the Lord is our shepherd. He said the Lord is my shepherd. This is one of the few places that David uses it in that closer relationship. He said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now, I'm going to give you a Halversonism. I fully believe that's the entire 23rd Psalm. Because the rest of the Psalm justifies the first statement. Because all, what does he do with that on the next one? He goes through and says, I shall not want. And he says, all the things that could cause want. Come on, are you with me? So they're justifications to the primary station statement. The main statement was, the Lord is my shepherd. I, what? Shall not. Say, shall not. Want. Amen? That we could hang on to indefinitely. Because that's a promise for God to take care of you in itself right there. I shall not want for food. That's why I said, why do you, why do you, <laughs> why do you seek for food and shelter and clothing and stuff like the heathen? When I promise you, I'll meet your needs. The Lord is my shepherd, Jehovah Rohi. Thank you, shepherd. That you know that your name, that that he knows your name. Hold on here. Thank you, Shepherd, that he knows you by name and wants to communicate with you. Talk to him about your intimate relationship with him. Write down your response. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall. This one says lack nothing. Jehovah Jireh. The Lord is my what? provider. Each one of these statements that he has identifies the potential of God, who he is. In the Old Testament, they, they didn't use the name. If they were going to say God, they would use Yah because Yahweh was the name. But it was so holy, they'd only say Yah. But if they wanted to honor God, they would say he's Jehovah Jireh, my provider. He's Jehovah Nisi. He's Jehovah Sedkanu. He's Jehovah Jireh. Thank you, good shepherd, that you provide all your needs, beginning with redemption. Ask him to carry out all your worries, burdens, and cares. Write them as write what he has to say about you. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He leads me beside green. He, he, 
He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. When, when you stop and take a look at this, this whole psalm, it's talking about taking the sheep after the winter has passed and taking them up to the top of the mountains where the grass is green and fertile. And the whole process is the trip that's going there. So what does he do? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures, not dry pastures, not vacant pastures, but what? Green pastures, because he knows I need nutrition because we're going to be going through some places that may not have green pastures till I get to the other pasture. So he makes me lie down. That kind of re- relates that to makes me sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Makes me lie down. He leads me beside still water. At the time that they're moving the sheep, remember this is the springtime, rivers are going crazy, sheep are panicky about fast-moving water because if their wool gets wet, they sink like a rock. If you stop and take a look at a sheep's hoof, it's not designed for swimming. (laughs) There's nothing there at all to speak of. So when they get near the water, he has to find some way to provide water for them where they will drink and, and they'll only drink when they're relaxed and safe. So he takes his shepherd's staff and he goes over to the edge of the river and with his staff he digs out a trench and then brings it into a place where there's a, a little basin where he can hold an incredible amount of water and lets the water run in there away from the river over here so that they can drink safely over here. When the world's roaring past you and anxiety and fear grab a hold of you because of the potential of what could happen, that's when our shepherd comes in, provides an alternate way for us to get the substance that we need free from what the world is trying to do. Jehovah Salom, the Lord is my what? Peace. Thank you for your peace. For the for the attention to the detail of your life. Tell him what you want to see more clearly in your daily Let him speak to you. The Lord is my peace. He restores my soul. Sheep have a tendency to want to scratch. If you've been around sheep at all, they've got wallows where they get into areas where it's kind of rocky, where they can get in and scratch their back. The only thing with a sheep, when they're real heavy with wool and they get over in their back, their center of gravity is all of a sudden off and they cannot turn back over. So a shepherd, when he's walking his sheep during the day, is moving through the, through the herd because he's got to find the little feet. Because all he can see is the feet. 
Okay, I'd, I'd, I'd get down on the floor and show you exactly what it looks like. But getting back up a little slower. <laughs> but what he has to do, turning them over isn't going to do any good because the blood has run out of the little legs, so they can't stand up. So he's got to get them under his arms and then start rubbing the legs to get the blood back in so the sheep can go on. If the sheep, if, I, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think if it's like five or 10 minutes on his back, he panics and when a sheep panics, his nose locks and when his nose locks, he suffocates himself. So it's not something you can ignore. Just say, okay, I'm gonna have lunch and I'll come back over and roll you over. It was, an, it was an absolute dire thing. The minute he saw it, he had to immediately respond. The Lord restored. <laughs> How many of you have been over on your back and you can't get up? Come on, spiritually, emotionally, financially. You know, you just, you, you just seem like whatever you do is counterproductive to anything that's going on. And you said, God, does it ever get any better than this? And we cry out like the little sheep cries out for help. And he comes along and he says, hold on, hang on here, let me roll you over. He says, yeah, but Lord, it hurts so bad I can't stand that. It's okay, it's okay. <laughs> let me administer my peace to your little limbs, to your little heart, to your little mind, to your soul. Let me strengthen you from the inside out. He restores my soul, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord my healer. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake, the Lord my righteousness, Jehovah Sidkenu. I love this part because I, I remember back not not last Sunday, but the time I taught before, I shared something with you just briefly that I got much understanding out of this after the situation. I was faced with decisions I had to make, and I didn't hear from God. I'd go before him, and I, I took time to get quiet. And it just seemed like God chose not to say anything. And I felt I needed direction from him to go, and I was really concerned, and I finally said, Kind of in frustration, I said, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm frustrated. I want to do your will. I want to be in the center of your will. I don't want to be outside, and I don't want to take off here on a branch off somewhere that's away from your will and gets hung out here and get hung out to dry. He said, Roger, he said, I know your heart. I know it's not rebellion that's taking you over there. It's lack of understanding. He said, do you realize all I have to do is just tap you on the side and you'll just wander right back into the path I have for you? He said, do you realize there's no place you can't go that I can't get you back on your track? Do you know what that did for me? That helped me a lot in my decision making because if I hit a wall sometimes like that where he doesn't say anything, I say, well, it's not disobedience because he hasn't said no. So I feel I need the situation recalls for some kind of a response. So, Father, and this is what I say, 
open doors that need to be open and shut doors that are need to be shut because right now I'm walking in stupid. <laughs> and I don't want to make a mistake. I want to be smack dab. So I said, you're going to have to guide me like you're going to have to cause me to walk in the paths of righteousness for your name's sake. The Lord God, Jehovah Sidkenu, Jehovah Shammah, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil for you are with me. Do you realize that the valley of the shadow of death is an actual location? It is a valley that he, they had to go through to get from where they were to where they were going. And it was an area that was several miles long. And one of the challenges was they had caves all along on both sides. And in those caves were bears and lions and guys that wanted to steal the sheep. And so the only way they could get through there safely was he would lead the sheep and then he would have them stop and wait and he would go and stand in the mouth of the cave with his staff and his rod and he was ready for whatever might be in there to protect his sheep and then he would tell his sheep, he'd order his sheep to move on. They would move on to the next cave and he'd walk down and stand in front of that cave and it might take all day long to get through that one little valley but he was willing to sacrifice his life for the sheep because he didn't know what could be in there, what may or may not be in there. But whatever it was, he was going to take it on. That's why I said, yea, though I walk through. Notice he didn't say, though I come to camp. <laughs> what am I doing? Walking through. These are those dark times and what, that we have. I hate them. But I know I'm not here to stay. I'm not here to camp. I'm saying, Father, you're leading me. I don't know what's coming against me. I know the enemy's out to take me down in this area. I know you're standing in, the, in, in my stead. You have the angels of the Lord around about me, and you're guiding me through here, but I'm not real comfortable. Not that I know anything can get past you. It's just that Sometimes in the dark you do silly things. <laughs> Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you'll fear no evil. Jehovah Shammah, the God who is there. I heard uh, Jack Hayford one time. I was getting copies of his tapes at the time. And he, was, he, he ministered life to me at a couple of different hard times in my life. And he had just come from the hospital, and he said, please forgive me for the way I look. He said, I have been at the hospital since yesterday afternoon. And he said, I've not had a chance to get home and shave or clean up or whatever. I came right here. He said, matter of fact, he said, on the way over here, God changed my message. And he said, this morning I want to teach on the God who walks in the dark. Because we, we say wherever, wherever God is, there's light. But he's also the God of the dark. Come on, are you with me? 
and there's times when things are just ink black around you. And what had happened is they had a, this ch child of a couple in the church there. Something had happened, and they tried to keep the little child alive, and it died during the night. And the parents were just crushed, and he had spent the, the, the night and the morning with them ministering to them and just being there for them. These are the times, and let, let, me, let me get pastoral. Can I a little bit and help you understand what to do? There's absolutely nothing you can say. There's nothing physically you can do but maybe get them a cup of coffee. The best ministry you can have right at that particular time is shut up and just be there. <laughs> there's, I, I had a book, and I, and I think I gave it away without understanding it, but there was a, a poem in it, a story in it. And the guy said this, he said, he lost his wife, and he said, I had a man come, and he said he told me that God was there and that he knows what the, 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 what's going on, the beginning from the end. And he said he ministered a lot to me, but he said when he left, he said, I was really glad when he left. He said, I had another man come. And he said he sat for one hour with me and said nothing. And he said, I was sad when he left. He said, for he really ministered to me. Job's comforters, how long did they sit before they said anything with Job's grief? Two weeks. Can you imagine sitting with a whole bunch of other buddies with somebody who's in that kind of pain and not saying anything for two weeks. Then when they did say it, they upset God. God said, either you pray for him or I'm going to kill him. <laughs> can, I, can, I, can I preach on that just a minute? Don't say anything. What happened? I don't know. Why didn't God heal him? I don't know. If I did, I'd be God. But I'm here for you. But I'm here for you. Can I get you a cup of coffee? Can I hold your hand? Can I just hold you? I've had men, grown men, that have been not very demonstrative. I sat in hell for an hour while I fell apart. Because they couldn't do it. They didn't feel they could do it with anybody else. Didn't have anything to say. You just sit. Okay? The God of the dark. He's the God of dark as well as the God of light. He, where is he? He's everywhere. All the time. Anytime. staff they comfort me again we got the guy standing in front of the the stand the staff if you know anything about the staff at all I'm going to follow my numbers here in about two seconds 
The shepherd's staff has got a crook in it, and the crook is designed for two things. Number one, if it's a lamb, it'll fit behind the front legs, and they can lift it out of perilous places. If it's a grown sheep, it'll fit around their neck under their jaw, and they can work them out. The rod is for protection. The rod is not for beating. You don't beat. Paul, remember what Jesus said when he, when he talked to Peter on the, on the beach? He'd fix breakfast for him. He said, beat my sheep, right? No, I said, feed my sheep. I saw something today, and there's a little clip in the Facebook. And uh, the guy was talking. He's a sheep rancher. And there was a mother with a little lamb over there, and there's a second lamb that was trying to suckle, and the mother would keep butting it and get it away. And he said, there's a story here I want to share with you. He said, right after the baby was born, the mother and the baby somehow got separated. So when the baby found the mother, the mother did not accept the baby. And so she will not allow it to suckle, she'll just let it die rather than and mother it. And he said, let me tell you a story. He said, last year we had the same thing happen. And he said, it had a little ram. And he said, we went in and we bottle fed the thing. And we kept it for a year and fed it and took care of it. And he said, today it's a full-grown ram. And rams by nature, sheep rams, are like goats. You know, they just as soon run over you as be around you. He said, it's like, like, a, like a lap dog. We go out there, he said, he comes running up to us, all excited to see us and whatever else. He said, you know what? He said, it did not get the love of the mother that it had wanted. So the shepherd came and picked up the sheep and said, look it, mama can't love you anymore. So I'm going to take you into my home and I'm going to hand carry you, and I'm going to feed you, and I'm going to hold you, and I'm going to love you greater than what your mama did. That's a shepherd. That's a shepherd. His rod and his staff, they comfort me, they protect me, they watch over me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Jehovah, Nisi, the Lord is my banner. Over in those countries, they've got a little scorpion that's in a hole about the size of a half dollar. And a lot of times the sheep are grazing, the nose is right down on the dirt. And these scorpions will come up and sting these little sheep and... In doing so, causes the nostrils to swell shut, sheep smothers. The shepherd will take olive oil in a container and go on his hands and knees over the whole field that he's going to put the sheep in that night, looking for holes the size of a 50 cent piece, and he'll take and pour oil all around that hole so the sheep can come in and graze and the scorpion can't get out of the hole. Right in the face of the enemy. 
I don't care how bad bad is. When God has you over for dinner, it's an honor. He prepares a table right in the middle of your worst situation. God is preparing a table for you if you're smart enough to go eat. There have been times I said, Lord, I've read this. I, 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 I thoroughly enjoy the 23rd Psalm. I'll read it and I'll say, Lord. Would you prepare a table for me so I can have dinner right in the roar of everything that's going on around me? I mean, I want to be right smack in the maelstrom of this sucker. I want to stick it in the eye of the enemy that they can't take me down in the middle of a storm because my daddy can feed me royally anywhere. He's a royal God. You are royal kids because you're adopted into the family. You are sons of the Most High God, daughters of the Most High God. You are royalty. He will always treat you as royalty royalty if you set your heart to receive as royalty. That's why it, it, it disturbs me when people talk about not having sufficient funds. I said, why? You're royal. Well, uh, I know, but it's, it's, uh, I said, what do you set in your heart to receive and what would you do with it when you receive it? Do you have a plan for it? I talk, talk to pastors, and let's say they got a $3,000, $4,000 budget. I said, what do you ask the Lord for each month oh, to meet our need? I said, what's your need? About three or 4000 I said, okay, does he? Yeah. I said, why don't you ask him for 10000 He said, well, what would I do with it? I said, that's your problem. You don't have a plan. Said he won't give you ten thousand for a plan you don't have. But let, let me bring it down to us. I'm asking God in my retirement to supernaturally bless me, so I can bless missionaries and missionary endeavors. My greatest excitement is to be able to, you know, right now the denomination is drilling wells. It costs about ten thousand dollars. We have money to send to that and. Christmas time, we sent money over for, for gifts and such, and sent money, extra money to Minigers and to, to, to Bob Curry and some of the people that have been very special to us. I, I told you this before. My greatest desire would be if I could support one, one two, or three missionaries full time. Well, they don't have to go out and itinerate to get the money. They could go do what God called them to do, is go win the lost. Wouldn't that be fun? I mean, but the thing is, if you don't have a dream, if you don't have a vision, if you don't have something to say, what would I do with it? I know what I'd do with it. Would I use some of it? Oh, yeah, of course I would. I don't need a bigger house. I like the house I'm in. Been there for 37 years, 38 years. Next, I know. Great day. Next week will be 38 years. Oh, dear me. <laughs> okay. It's not what I need, it's what I could do. What is my potential? We're gonna be talking about this with, with uh, giving and such, with missions and, and, and such with the people. And we're gonna start 
challenging them to see what God will do because that's not the tithe, that's the offering. And he says, given it shall be given. He said, ah, that means if I get and I get a little bit more, I got a little bit more to give so I can get a little bit more. He said, well, you're, 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 what are you trying to work? Pro-? Said, no, no, I'm just keeping the promise in front of me. He said he would give me pressed down, shaking together, running over. I didn't ask for it. He said he'd do it. So as soon as I get the shaking together, running down and uh, running over, I've got more that I can get so I can come back, pressed down, shaking together, running over a little bit more. Because I'm what? I'm royalty. I'm a child. Look at me. You're a daughter. You're a queen. Bible says that we're kings and priests. Well, you can't be a king, but you can be a queen. You're a queen and priest. <laughs> I did a lot. Why would he not treat you in a queenly way? Amen? Get we're out of here. Hang on. Give me, let me finish it. Presence of my enemy. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. The anointing of the head was designed for one thing. They had ticks. And they couldn't deal with the ticks till they got up in the mountains. So he would take oil mixed with certain, uh, certain different herbs and such, and he'd soak the head of the sheep to keep the ticks from going into their eyes and into their nose, because they had no control, no ability to to protect it. He anointed them where the oil ran off of their head, off of their face, and down on the ground. When Aaron was, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, when Aaron was, was uh, set up in the priesthood, they took six liters of oil and poured over him. When David was anointed king, they took six liters of olive oil and poured over him. He anointed. That's the anointing. My cup, what? Overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me. How long? All the days of my life. And when I get out of this rotten place, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Do you realize everything is taken care of in the physical? Everything is taken care of in the natural? My God is big enough to meet your needs, my needs in direct proportion to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. I shall lack no good thing.